We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to the NBA Front Office Show. It is getting into trade season, so if you're not a subscriber yet, make sure you do subscribe over on the YouTube channel. We're pushing towards 30,000 subscribers. Help us get there by hitting that subscribe button. And, of course, follow us over on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, wherever you listen to podcasts as well. Lots to talk about today, Keith. I woke up to a story (laughs) and then an immediate text from you saying, well, guess you've got a busy morning now or something to to that effect. Six sources. I don't know if I've ever seen that in a report before. The the Darvin Ham story from the Athletic that that cited six unnamed sources. Uh, you never know what kind of fun little tidbits are going to pop up in an NBA related news story. But six sources that that seems unprecedented. Yeah, that's uh, a lot of people were like, I got some stuff to say. that's uh there's definitely a little bit of that going on with that one i i try very hard not to text you before any earlier than 10 or 10 30 in the morning my time because i don't want to wake you up before you've been up because we're on a time difference and all that stuff Mm -hmm. so i try very hard uh not to text you too early but this one i was like well if you're not up you need to be because you you got work to do Yep, and that's the story that came up from the Athletic Shams Charania and Yovan Buha uh, saying six different sources said that there is a disconnect with Darvin Ham and Lakers players. Now, now that this is out, um, I have I didn't feel comfortable reporting any of this, but I've heard very similar things um, that things have not gone well in, in the locker room there. So, um, where do, you know a lot of this according to the article has to do with the lineups and players are clamoring for some type of consistency and i mean you saw it when the lakers took on your celtics on christmas you saw the lineup they put out and went what are they doing they yeah. they they went no guards all wings that can't shoot at least two of them um along with lebron and anthony davis i mean it was it there's strange things happening in la and they're losing a ton last night's loss to the miami heat dropped them below 500 and they looked awful i mean didn't like couldn't stop from turning the ball over they had no chemistry no cohesiveness and uh couldn't make a shot yeah they shot like 14 percent from three it was just bad 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 and as i was watching the game i thought man this looks like more than just a bad shooting night more than just like oh d'angelo russell and rui hachimura are out there's something else going on. And then that story came out and I went, yeah, that, that makes sense. So what happens here, Keith, outside of perspective? What do you think the Lakers do here? Do you, do you make a move now 
and, and just say, okay, we're going to eat the last two years of Darvin Ham's contract, two and a half years, I guess, and bring in another coach? Or, or do you stay the course? Yeah, you. it's tough because if it's gotten so bad that guys are, I'm not saying quitting because that, that's probably a step too far, but they're just kind of out on Darvin Ham then you probably need to think about making a move sooner rather than later because that's probably mm-hmm. not going to correct itself. That's probably not something that is fixable. It's it's you can't you can't trade a coach, you can't bench a coach. Like those aren't things that happen. The questions I would ask though, if I was in position to be making this decision is who are we going to hire? Is yes. there someone on the bench that it's time to elevate? Maybe. We'll see. My guess is probably not. Um, considering it's a uh, staff that has had quite a bit of turnover uh, from the prior regime. I know a lot of people have said Phil Handy, but he's never really been seen as the head coach type. Yeah. Maybe he could guide the team for the remainder of this season or whatever timing may be. The next thing is, all right, if it's not someone from internal, where are we going outside of the organization? I, it's, I know a lot of people are screaming, Doc Rivers, you know, go get Doc Rivers. All right, I guess. Like, fine. I've seen some people say Mike Budenholzer. What a weird situation that would be for him to take right. over for the guy who was his assistant. I don't know that that's you know where I would necessarily go either. So that's just kind of giving you a sense of there's just not. It's not like there are great coaches just sitting at home with their feet up right now that are ready to jump in and and jump into the middle of what is kind of messy. Which also leads me to, I am by no means going to defend Darvin Ham. I have killed him on this show. I've killed him other places. The lineup decisions in the kind of constant turn of the lineups mm-hmm. and the rotation behind the starters, it's you can't you, you're never going to get any rhythm that way. No. Nope. So that's that's a huge issue. I also think he's slow to make adjustments. I think he's run some of the guys way too many minutes and is trusting that well they'll just figure it out because it's what they do and doesn't you know stick with other guys. Though those are problems for me. So I'm not going to defend him. But I think there's roster issues here too as well. It's not a terrible sure. roster, and they don't have a terrible record. They're game below 500. The, 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 this morning, some of the reaction has been like they're the Pistons or the Spurs. Like, yeah. all right, breathe for a minute, have a little perspective. But the roster's not great. There's not a lot of shooting. There's a ton of overlap uh, between guys positionally. The only player with real size that is kind of having any kind of notable season is Anthony Davis. So there's just there there's a lot of a lot of issues here. So that's kind of my way of saying there's a lot of blame to go around. And I said this to somebody in re- response today: fire Darvin Ham if you think that's going to fix all of the problems. I think you got another thing coming. You'll get the they, this is a, a soccer term that they use all the time, but you get the uh, you get the fired coach bounce right. Yep. The new coach will mm-hmm. come in. You'll probably win a handful of games. This happens a little bit in the NBA, but it's a big time thing in the uh, world of international soccer. But then what? Then then what happens after that fades away? So it, I, I don't know. I'm not. I, I don't know how I would handle this. But if you feel like he has lost the locker room and it's gone too far, you at least start there, and then you can maybe make other moves after that. Yeah, and this is where you're talking to the players and everything, and that's again jives with what I've heard that uh, he's not. Things aren't good between him and the players in the locker room. So um, so now, if they do make that move, I agree. I think the roster does need some work. I do think that part of the problem has been that it's been a constant churn of injuries. Now, 
The downside is, of course, LeBron and Anthony Davis have largely been healthy for the season, which isn't mm-hmm. always a given. And yet here they are a game below 500, even with the churn of the rotation players. Just con- I mean, Rui Hachimura, my goodness, he's been been in and out of the lineup all season long. Gabe Vincent basically has not exist on existed on and on. But um, but you should still be able to win games and look like I thought last night they did not look like they were prepared to play an NBA basketball game. And that was and that's that goes from well, we're from the spot where you say, well, maybe we're in a slump to yes, something more is going on here than than just that. And that's where the front office has to really start to investigate and figure out what's going on here and then decide, do we need to go ahead and make this move? And again, that's where I'm sure, you know, he doesn't want to be seen as the guy making this decision, but you're going to talk to LeBron, you're going to talk to AD, you're going to talk mm-hmm. to some of the other guys, and you're going to find out, you know, what what's really going on here, what are things like, and is this time to to do something here midseason, which is never easy. Yeah, you know, mm-hmm. can you think of any time where a where a team changed coaches mid midseason and then were successful? The David Blatt for Ty yeah. Lue year probably is the yeah. only one that kind of comes to mind, and that was that was almost kind of a different situation, not fully. And and I promise I'm not going there because it's a LeBron thing. Like that's that's not at all. But that's the only one that really comes to mind. Where mm-hmm. yeah, they made the change and then the team kind of took off in that second half. I, I will say uh, when the Celtics fired Rick Pitino and turned the team over to Jim O'Brien, okay. I mean, most of the people watching this are probably like, what in the world are you talking about? When was that, Grandpa? Tell me about those olden days when you had to walk up to Hill, Hill to school. Gather around days. the fire. You know, so, but <laughs> that's another time when it did probably go well. I, I'm sure I'm missing one or two uh, that, you know, have turned around in a big way, but there's not a bunch that jump to mind where it's like, oh yeah, there it is. There's the, the, the moves that have definitely made a ton of sense and, and launched a team. And that's why teams are reluctant in season to make these kind of changes. It generally only happens if things get so far gone that you feel like this is not salvageable. If you're Rob Polinka in Lakers ownership and you sit down and you believe we make trade X. I don't know what that trade is, but we make trade X. We'll be fine. Darvin Ham will, just like last year, everything will kind of come into focus. Everything will look better and we'll, we'll be we'll be okay and we'll make our run. Then you probably keep them. But if you're at all having your doubts of, I don't even know that a trade fixes this because guys are out on him as the coach, then you probably need to make that move in addition to probably making a trade or yes. two too. And the reason why I say both is, Part of the reason why you don't make a trade is you are thinking, well, we've got all the pieces in place and we don't really want to upset the apple cart too much. Well, in this case, if you're changing the coach and you're going to change schemes and everything else, make the trade too. It's probably going to be bumpy for a few weeks. You'll probably Mm -hmm. be a little bit like the start of the season again. But if it all comes out on the backside in a better spot, then you're better off. So that's the challenge that they're going to have to go through right now because it just becomes that major evaluation point of, you know, what is it? I'll tell you the thought I honestly had watching the last couple games. And I know this is super duper risky for all the reasons we've talked about a bunch of times on the show, but I did find myself saying, they could kind of use Zach Levine. Like just, and I'm not saying it's necessary exactly Levine because of the contract and the health history mm-hmm. and all that stuff but a player like him, somebody who you can say, do we just need a bucket? Like go create one. Yeah. They just don't have they, they it struggle. this year. Yeah. No. The, the offense is just, and I don't think it's a scheme thing. I just think it's, they're just stuck in the mud. It's, it's LeBron is 
you know, there, there are subtle signs that LeBron is slowing down. Now, LeBron slowing down, that's still, what, a top 10 to 15 player in the league? Mm-hmm. But it's those signs are there. You can no longer just throw him the ball and say, you got it, dude. We're going to all move out of the way, and you'll make it happen. You could do that a handful of plays each game. You just can't do it you know, 30, 40 times a night anymore. So that turns into a situation where, all right, well, is that Austin Reeves? It hasn't been this year. He just hasn't been the same guy. Maybe he's not catching teams off guard anymore. Who knows what the situation is. And as good as AD is and has been, he's he's a big. Bigs are, other than like Nikola Jokic and Joel Embiid, bigs don't create offense that way. There's very few of them that you could throw to it to the top of the key and say, hey, make something happen. And Anthony mm-hmm. Davis just isn't that guy. He's a little bit more of a dependent player a great dependent player, but he's not somebody you're going to run the entire offense through. So that's, those are your challenges right now. Cause defensively, even with all the mishmash of lineups and guys in and out, they've been good. Very, very good yeah. defense. It's just offensively. And that's where I did find myself saying like, man, if Levine's only going to be the only guy, it's, it's just, what does this look like in two years? Like, in two, like, are we going to pay, pay now and then have to pay the piper in two years because mm-hmm. like uh, we we fixed it to an extent right now and that would be the other question just to finish this thought is if i'm making a trade my my two considerations are one like i just said what does this look like down the line and the second is does this make us a contender right now because it's fine to say it makes us better but if better is we're out in the first round or we make it even in the second round is that really where you want to be i get it today probably most like your sure. fans are like yes please for the love of god like <laughs> run to 500. we're drowning throw us the life preserver yeah, yeah exactly but the question needs to really be asked is does it make us a contender if you can honestly say yes this makes us a contender i probably make the trade and say i'll deal with two years two years from now and i'll figure it out mm-hmm. and that's where i'd be yeah absolutely i agree with that now uh, when we're looking at at players the Lakers could add, you brought up Zach Levine a lot, so let's chat a little bit about him. I, I do think the Lakers need offense. First of all, I think that it's it's been an issue. One of the concerning trends that I've seen, you know, doing the actual play by play for every single game, is the Lakers go down. They spend all game trying to battle their way back, just essentially burning minutes, just treading water, not doing anything, not making up ground, not losing ground. They just kind of are stuck. Uh, they'll go through three possessions in a row where they score, which is great, but they'll also finish that with getting scored on those three positions. So again, you make them no ground. They'll get three stops in a row, but they won't score on the other end on those ones. And then they, they, they do that for the rest of the game. So sometimes you need somebody that can just go out there and just get hot and get you buckets. Uh, Adrian Wojnarowski said today regarding Zach Levine, who uh, could be coming back tomorrow uh, for the Chicago Bulls. We'll see if he does, but Two things need to happen in order, because right now he, again, reiterated, Zach Levine has no trademark. It does not exist. So right now, two things need to happen. Zach Levine needs to show that he's healthy, and he needs to convince teams that he can impact winning basketball. And that's Woj's terminology, impact winning basketball. So uh, that's there's not a lot of time to do to like change the perception. If a team has the idea in their head of Zach Levine is not a winning basketball player, he gives you the empty calories, stats there's not a lot of time to change that perception between now and the february 8th trade deadline but if you're a team that's maybe in a position where you could really use zach levine's skill set maybe that does free things up Woj also threw out there that perhaps 
the Bulls kind of land in a spot where they just say, you know what, we would like to get something back for him, but we'll settle for just somebody, please take him. Just take the contract. Yeah, that, that is the part to me. If the Bulls change it to, hey, we'll throw something in to get off him, that becomes a whole different dynamic. Or, hey, we don't need much of a return. Send us back mm-hmm. a couple guys you don't really want. We'll figure it out. And for them, maybe then the benefit is we're out from underneath this contract and we're just hitting a hitting a reset. But, yeah, I think it was Woj who also reported they don't intend to fully rebuild. Like, right. they're not going to going to do that. I mean, I think we all know that even as much as for you and I as outside you know, observers, like it frustrates us to no end because it's like, cool. So you like being in the play in tournament. Good for you. Like it drives us nuts, but it's like, I, I get it. Like that's where Jerry Reinsdorf has set things as the owner of the bulls is look, I just want to be competitive every single year and competitive for him is competitive for a playoff spot. And mm-hmm. yeah, you might be able to tear this thing down to the studs come back two, three years from now and then be competitive for more than just the playoff spot, be actual title contenders again. But if that's not where they want to go, then you kind of get the idea of, all right, get us out of Levine's contract. Maybe we can let DeRozan go. Now all of a sudden we've got cap space. We can do what we did a couple years ago and sign the next DeRozan and next Lonzo Ball, and we reset that way. Maybe that's the direction they go. So I, I think there's going to be, going to be a kind of a meeting point whether it's this year or this summer where the bulls they I talk about this all the time but the bulls ask will come down teams offers will come up a yep. little bit and then we'll get a trade right and that that's where it'll go to and part of what drives sometimes the offer coming up and i'm not saying the lakers will do this but is desperation it is we have to do something to fix this and we all know all that's really going to take is LeBron didn't talk to the media after last night's game. He left. If he comes out in the next couple days or after the next loss or whatever, and is like, man, we got to do something. We need more scoring or shooting or something. Well, now it's done. Then then that puts the pressure on, and it's probably going to happen. That doesn't mean they have to make a stupid trade, but that probably means something's going to happen, and that could be where it's, you know what? Hey, we don't have to give everything under the sun to Chicago. They're okay with matching salary in a single draft pick or matching salary in, you know, we throw in, I don't know, Jalen hood Shafino as a flyer for them as a young player, whatever. And we can get Zach Levine that way. Like if that's how it happens, then maybe that's where where we could see this all turn into. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. 
If you're a basketball junkie, then you know there's no better time of year than the NBA playoffs. Twice a week, J.J. Redick is cooking on his podcast, The Old Man and the Three. He has guys come on in all stages of their careers to talk about the league and share stories you won't hear anywhere else, including Devin Booker on why he talks so much trash, Ray Allen's epic free throw competitions with LeBron in Miami, and the moment Tyrese Halliburton knew Pascal Siakam would be a good fit in Indy. In addition to player interviews, every Monday, J.J. breaks down the top three things happening around the NBA with unmatched analysis not outlandish takes, and is often joined by masterminds of the game like Tim Legler to dive deep on rookie reports, trade breakdowns, and why is mean mugging now a tech? You won't find another outlet that covers the game as comprehensively and with such insight as JJ does it on The Old Man and the Three. Make this your companion podcast during the playoffs. Listen to The Old Man and the Three ad-free on Wondery Plus or wherever you get your podcasts. Keith, there was a there was a play last night where LeBron had the ball on the perimeter, four other Lakers spaced along the perimeter as well, and everybody just stood there and looked at him. Yeah, and I, nobody I, moved. I know the and one you're talking about. And, and LeBron, LeBron's holding the ball, holding the ball. He's kind of looking around, and finally he just goes, <laughs> "F it," and shoots. And, and he's like, "What else am I supposed to do?" So yes, I, I think that there, that could be coming, especially after he didn't talk to media. Uh, is it Zach Levine? We'll wait and see, uh, sure. but the Bulls, the Zach Levine situation, that's going to be at the forefront of uh, the the trade market as we as we approach uh, February eighth, and as you, we said, day by day, things will get more and more real. So this is a name certainly to keep an eye on, and we will keep everybody up to date with what's going on with his trade market as well as everybody else that's going to be out there. Five on the weeks from the next- today. It's coming. Five weeks from today is the trade deadline. Yeah, so we're getting close on this. We'll 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 uh, give more details later when we know. But as we've done, I think the last two, if not three years, we'll go live again on trade mm-hmm. deadline day, right around the deadline, probably probably for a couple hours or so, and uh, discuss everything that comes in. And as we always hope, we, we hope we get the uh, good lord tweet from from Woj that that's our uh, our dream scenario every year. Keith, you know, I, I am going to try to speak this into existence here. The day before the trade deadline is my birthday. So oh, man. all I ask, all I ask is that <laughs> give me a busy birthday, but give me like a three hour window to go out to dinner for my birthday and then a little bit of time afterwards to sober up. And then we can start with, with the news again. Then, then that kind of, just, hey. give, just give me a little break. And, and be, I want to hey, give me a busy birthday. Give me a bunch of fun trades to talk about. But give me like a three-hour window to go have some birthday drinks and hang out and relax for a little bit. That's all I ask, Adam Silver. I don't know if the dog was in agreement with that, with his uh, growling little bark there, or if he was uh, against <laughs> like, that no. idea. It was one or the other. He was. He, he's definitely felt passionate about it one way or the other, for sure. All right, let's get over to this one. Uh, Ricky Rubio officially retires from the NBA. Yeah. comes to a buyout with the um, with the Cavs. Now, I'm assuming you saw the letter that he that he put I out. Um, I, I thought, as much as he said in there, like I'll have you know something to the effect of I'll I'll go into more detail later or something like that. Um, I thought he was refreshingly open and and honest about the struggles that he's been having and uh, and about what has put him in this this place. And I think it's. I think like I, I don't want to see Ricky Rubio's career come to an end. It's still bizarre to me that that's where we're at because it feels like it was yesterday that he was coming into the NBA. But at the same time, I think you know there's some good 
for people who are having mental health struggles to see an athlete, the caliber of Ricky Rubio, who can do the things physically that he can, that um, for even a guy like him to be struggling, I, I think there's some positives from that in terms of other people feeling, feeling emboldened to talk about their own struggles too. Not that it's a good thing that he's dealing with these things, but it's a good thing that he's so willing to talk about these things and is planning on speaking more in depth at a later date. I think to, to what kind of add on to what you said, if Ricky Rubio being this open about things and I assuming we'll take him at his word, that it would be even more open later helps. Even one person says, man, if this guy who makes millions of dollars playing in the NBA can, can get to this point and get the help he needs and turn it around, then I can do it too. And yep. that's what to me says, you know, then, then it was all worth it. Right. It's if you, you can help one person. Then this was all worth it. I'm incredibly bummed out that this is how it's ending for Ricky Rubio. I don't, you know, I, as much as you want every player to have the, well, it didn't end that way, but what should have been the MJ the end Jordan of, yeah. yeah, like should have been how it, how it all ended. We can just all collectively agree. The wizards years didn't happen. They did but, not happen. Like, They're being retconned. <laughs> there it is. Yeah. It's like a Marvel reboot, right? Um, exactly. We, we all want that. And we know that's not how it ends for everybody. A lot of guys, it ends. It doesn't end well. It ends with them playing out the string on a team that they're not associated with or just through an injury or something like that. But this is almost feels like this is being taken from him. And that I don't, that, that part just makes me sad. I, I just, yeah. he was such a fun player for so long. Like just, just a guy like he, he really helped me kind of at a period where like I, I loved basketball, but it was like, I don't know if I love the NBA where it's headed right now. It just felt a little, little different to me after that. The the, the Celtics run was kind of coming to an end a little bit there, and I was a little like, mm -hmm. I mean, I still love the game, but you know, I, I don't know. He was a guy who watching him every day was like, man, this guy is so fun. Like he just does stuff I at that time hadn't really seen. The the audaciousness with some of his passes and some of the moves he would try. Like I just I really loved watching him play. So. First and foremost, I'm really glad he is getting the help he needs. He did say in his letter, I've retweeted it. People can find that on my timeline mm -hmm. as well if you're looking for it, if you don't follow Ricky Rubio himself. But he is, uh, he says in there, like he's he, he's feeling a lot better and he's, you know, knows he's on a, a kind of road to a good place. That's the only thing that really matters here. If we get into the roster business of it all, because that's part of what we do here on the show. Mm -hmm. Cavs now have two open roster spots. Uh, they're only about 750K under the luxury tax line prior to Rubio's buyout. Rubio's contract was 6.1 million this year. And then next year, he had 4.3 million guaranteed of his 6.4 million. We don't know yet what he gave back, what that's going to look like. That I assume will come out in the next day or so. And we'll have a much better sense then. But the Cavs are, they're, even if he gave back all of it, which that's extremely doubtful, um, they're still up against it with the luxury tax line. And now they have two roster spots open. So we'll, we'll see. They're going to have to fill, fill that. Yep. What's that? So they have to fill one of those. Yeah, so how exactly. are they going to That's exactly where I was going. Yep. You'll have to fill the one within two weeks anyway. So that's the thing. And then you can only keep it open for 28 total days. So, so we'll see, you know, where this all goes. My guess is Cavs will, they may be one of the first teams to do a 10 day or two 
and say, hey, let's fill it with a 10-day, maybe a call-up from their own organization, and then we'll kind of go forward from there. But, that, yeah, I mean, just a bummer that this is where we're yeah. with Ricky Rubio. Definitely. Definitely. All right. Well, one player exiting, another player coming back. Draymond Green now expected to ramp up and begin getting ready to return to play. I would assume that means he's making progress with whatever benchmarks the NBA needed him to hit. That's all been kind of hush-hush. We don't know exactly what that looks like, but um, he is going to start ramping up, returning to the Warriors practice facility and getting ready to uh, to get back to playing in the NBA. I don't think I, I maybe I missed it. I don't think they set like a, a a target return date or anything like that just yet, right? No, no, nothing like that. This was all uh, reporting from Woj today, and I think he basically said in the next. Let's see. Uh, he's expected to return to the Warriors facility in coming days to start mm-hmm. ramping up to resume play again. Uh, then he said Green will miss his 11th game tonight. Conversations are still ongoing about when he'll return from the suspension. His return is getting closer, though. So, okay. so we'll see you know, where that goes uh, with that one. I did. Um, I don't know if you saw because it, it was right before the show started. I tweeted out, it'll all be fine until someone says. And then I listed out the trigger words for Bucky from uh Oh, Civil War. oh no! So just, oh no! You know, that's uh, until somebody repeats those those uh, phrases in order, then then maybe it'll all go sideways. Again. Isn't it like it's like boxcar or something like that? I don't yeah, know. You're I, close. I to, I'm I'm gonna go find your, your tweet. <laughs> Longing, rusted, seventeen, daybreak, furnace, nine, benign, homecoming, one, freight car, freight car. That's it. So, uh oh. Yeah. So, yep. Yeah. So, but I, oh, I don't know that's, if they have the, the same first, impression or not, or I don't know. Nine and benign. Uh, yeah, I love that the first response to your to your tweet is the Captain America. <laughs> I understood that reference gif. Yep, that, perfect. That's it's a perfect that's reply. Fantastic. That's yep. perfect. Okay, uh, the Nets. We talked about them the other day. Uh, they were under investigation for resting healthy players. They were indeed fined one hundred thousand dollars for resting players. Um, this is what their the whole system was put in place for was to stop teams from doing stuff like this, and uh, so now the Nets get. Uh, I mean that that's that's not nothing. Hundred thousand uh, dollars. They're they're gonna have to pay this fine here, and I believe this makes them the first team to get fined for this, unless there's somebody they I'm forgetting. Are. No, they they are definitely definitely the first team, and it uh, basically says um, you know following an investigation determined that four new Nets rotation players who did not participate in the game could have played under the medical standard in the player participation policy, which is which was adopted prior to this season. So what they basically got dinged on, this is not the all-star portion of, uh, of all of this. This was, they got dinged on the, you rested too many guys portion. This is the, mm. I call this like the warriors portion of the policy, which was, Hey, we're sitting all of our starters. Everybody goes home and, and we'll, uh, you know, pick up tomorrow when we're all back in golden yeah. state at the end of a road trip. This is what the nets get things for. You can't sit that many guys out and that's kind of where it went. All right. Well, the NBA, a little, uh, bite behind their bark, I guess with, uh, with this policy. So we'll see if this scares off anybody else from from trying to do the same thing. Last thing we've got for today, the Hawks and Pelicans put 10 games on local channels. We've been trying to, to a degree, stay on top of what's what's happening here. Obviously, the Bally Sports situation, everything going on there, the NBA, the TV deal rights, and and are we going to get, is the NBA going to be on Amazon? Is it going to be on Apple? Where you know Is it going to be streaming? What's all that going to look like? Um, the Hawks and Pelicans, knowing that 
there's some people who struggle to get Bally, uh, they're going to put some games on local channels to try to get viewers to have access to these games, which I mean, that's the, the biggest thing. Like you don't want people to have to jump through too many hurdles in order to find your product, particularly when you're in the NBA. People will people will crawl through barbed wire to watch a football game, to watch NFL. That's not an issue they have to worry about. They can put it behind, well, you can only watch on YouTube TV or only on, used to be direct TV, right? Um, the NBA, you've got to make your product as accessible as possible. So this is something that, um, that we're going to continue to follow and see what the league ultimately does, what teams ultimately do in order to get their product out there, particularly with Valley uh, faltering. Yeah, and part of this is this was the agreement coming in with Bally of, hey, if you can't make all your payments, we're going to take back control of some of the games mm -hmm. for these franchises. And I believe it was the Pelicans are, they've already announced nine of the 10 games that'll be on local TV in the New Orleans area. The Hawks have announced all 10, uh, which games they'll be and in which days and everything and all that stuff. So so that's going to be something we'll, we'll track. We've been tracking it more on a, league-wide level because it will be an impact to the salary cap and all those kind of things. But this is something on the local levels that we'll be watching too. I know Utah launched their own kind of deal. The Clippers, mm -hmm. the, um, the Suns, the they, yep, they've all got their own uh, little streaming situations out there for their fans. And I know there's some frustration with some people too, even with those where it's like, hey, I'm still you know hours upon hours away. I'm never going to a game in your location. But I can't see it because it says I am, yeah. you know, blacked out by your your territory or whatever it mm -hmm. is. So those are all things, you know. Again, I always say it's you know twenty twenty four now. Um, we should probably be past this and really kind of yes. figuring this stuff out. But you know, it, it it is what it is for now. And we'll we'll go with that. Hey, the other thing we didn't talk about, uh, we did. I forget to tell you to put it on the list. All star voting, first fan vote. Came oh, back. yeah. Um, yeah, Giannis leading in the East, LeBron in the West. Remember, this is we're back to East versus West again. There's That's no right. captains, no draft, any of that stuff. So, uh, West front court was LeBron, Kevin Durant, Nikola Jokic. All right, no real arguments there. That's fine. The, the big names, uh, yeah, yeah. Guards are Luca and Stephen Curry. A lot mm -hmm. of people are angry about uh, SGA not being a starter, but he's going to get in the game. There's not, no, absolutely. there's no Zaza Pachulia here, at least. <laughs> uh, East front court, Giannis, the overall number one vote getter right now. Uh, mm -hmm. Then Joel Embiid, then Jason Tatum. Uh, again, no complaints with that. And then the guards in the East, Tyrese Halliburton. So getting a little bit of love uh, there from the smaller market. And then Damian Lillard is second. Damian Lillard is the only starter as of now, of the 10 starters on both sides, that has under a million votes so far. So uh, Trey Young is about 80,000-ish votes behind him uh, right now. So so remember, it's fan voting, 50% of the vote. Players in the media are 25% each for who starts um, in the All-Star game. So don't get worked up yet if your favorite no. guy's not there or anything. Or if you really don't like it, go vote. They give you all these days where it's three for one. The, yeah, like double voting or triple yeah. counting. All that. Yeah, just go Sports vote. Stuff. So go out there, get get out there and vote. Vote early, vote often, right? I guess that's uh, there you go. To, to, to throw that old phrase out there. Oh, gosh. Don't get me started <laughs> on election season again. <laughs> oh, no. Yeah. That is not this show. If you, you want that, no. you look for other like places every... on you. 
And like you can't watch TV without just being oh, bombarded by, by the, all the political ads and you know so, Bob, Bobby Newport, you know all that kind of stuff. <laughs> the only thing I'll say is, so obviously I watch a lot of Celtics games. Part of the Celtics uh, broadcast area is New Hampshire, so the mm-hmm. New Hampshire primary is one of the big ones, and it's every single day you watch a game. Every commercial break, there's at least one one ad from somebody out there yelling something about stuff and it's like oh man i just want this to be over i just want to watch the game yeah yeah yeah, that's it that's why i generally i switch over to the game mix channel during a commercial to see now on a night like tonight what are we doing nba had 12 games last night i think there's 14 games tomorrow night there's only two tonight two games and neither one of them is overly good it's uh buck spurs and nuggets warriors so eh, not so great well that's not we'll so see good. we watch it anyway. Well, let's see. It's there is there a football game on tonight? I don't think so. Seriously, no, I don't think so because NFL is Sunday, right? It's down to like, last week. Yeah, we're in that, you know, either everybody is benched or your team has to win yeah. this game. Yeah, that's right. It's just Saturday, Sunday. Yeah, just Saturday, Sunday. So it's not even it's not even because of that. It's not even where they're going, well, we're going up against the NFL, so we're not gonna yeah. fire all the bullets in the chamber just here. Weird scheduling. We're still catching up from Christmas and everything with all mm-hmm. that stuff. So, but yeah, yeah, I, I don't know. Fourteen games, it's too many in one night. Can't watch. Yeah. Can't watch that much. Oh well. You can try. You, you can, can try. Yeah. You can try. You can yeah. try. You can try. <laughs> I would encourage you to try, but you won't be successful. You might have fun. You just won't be successful. Yeah. All right. Well, let's wrap things up there again. Help us get to thirty thousand subscribers over on the YouTube channel. Hit that subscribe button. We'll be back tomorrow. Oh, tomorrow is yeah, Friday. Tomorrow. My yeah. days are all off. <laughs> so days are off. You know what happened to me earlier today? What? I legit said, "All right, it's Monday. So here's what I got to do. I got to take the trash out." <laughs> it's Thursday. <laughs> I'm not I'm not even off a day. I was off like a half a week. Like I, I didn't even like wasn't even remotely connected in my brain to where where it was. I was more just all right, kids back in school. So it must be Monday. I gotta get the trash ready. It's Thursday. So front I, office Friday I, tomorrow. I thought you were gonna tell me you started to go through your limbering up exercises for your front office Friday <laughs> yell, like you're getting yourself all prepared and then remembered, oh wait, it's only Thursday. But to go all the way back to Monday. Wow, that yeah. we are uh, we're indeed in the thick of it of the the time loop madness that comes with holidays. Yeah, absolutely. We'll 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 be we'll get through the rest of this week and then we'll be fully back, back yes. and ready to go by by next week. We'll we'll be back. Uh, you know, give, give give us a you know gives us what a month to get fully ramped up for the trade deadline. Yeah, that's it. That's it. All right, everybody. Appreciate you joining us. We'll be back tomorrow. We'll be going live tomorrow. We'll put it out there on our socials exactly what time we're going to go live. Typically, we try to go you know, late morning, something like, like that. But uh, we'll see. It depends on how news is breaking and all that. But we will be going live tomorrow on the YouTube channel. So come join us if you have any questions to ask, comments, anything else that you want to get out there. We will be live taking all of those. Till then, everybody. See ya and stay safe. 
Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring this podcast. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System, you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. At hundreds of locations across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE system technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's U-N-I-F-Y-D healing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system.